When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neolithotep in our Cairo chapter. We are going to raise the curtain tonight, but before we do, I would like to spend a moment and acknowledge at the time of this recording the difficulties and the terrible situation that the people of Ukraine are being put into. It cannot go said enough how much they are in our thoughts this evening. And for our listeners who are in Ukraine and the surrounding area, we wish very much for you to be safe. And we hope for the uh, quick resolution to the situation as best as can be had. With that said, we are going to raise the curtain tonight on the movements, the slow, likely steady, perhaps a bit manic in some regard, movements of, of Sam. But before we do, we will get to introductions. So we are in the missing O'Shea formation. <laughs> so to my right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I'm not with the group at the moment. You're not actually. You're, um, well, you're, you're resting. I am. You're resting at the end of the table. This is Jake and I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And I just want to say that I think last time, last adventure game went better than uh, I could have hoped for. I mean, it, it really went really well for me. I think you had a couple of meat shields that helped out. Yeah. Time. Yeah. All right, very good. And to uh, Jack's right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'll be playing Adelzar. And uh, my one pressing question is who's wearing the girdle? That's a great question. Um, I can get you an answer for that in uh, a little bit. Uh, to Otto's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and I will take this round to say... Mm. <laughs> yes, after a wonderful dose of laudanum, the doctor is sleeping it off, as it were. And last, but most certainly not least. This is Alex playing Sam Baron, who is uh, currently trying not to bleed in strangers' backyards. Yeah, I don't think that is... That's going to be any sort of a problem. I think you're going to bleed all over the place. The streets of Cairo outside of the residence of one Dr. Ali Kafur, where Sam has, uh, after having extracted the girdle from the mosque, has taken the girdle uh, to the house of uh, Dr. Kafur in hopes of getting it uh, identified or uh, a deeper understanding found. Or maybe he's planning on pawning it. I'm not really sure. That said, Sam. Hey. Why don't you tell me your approach of the house? So uh, on my way to Kafour's residence, uh, I'm going to attempt to conceal my identity by dressing conservatively in a, uh, I think they're called a, a niqab, with like the full-length skirt and the veil that I'll try to steal mm-hmm. from some elite's laundry line in the in the doctor's neighborhood. Okay. Uh, why don't you give me a stealth roll, and we'll see if you can pull it off. Oh, my God. That's a failure. 98 out of 91. If you'd like, you could either spend the luck, or you could push that roll. Oh, I'd love to push it. You have no doubt. So why don't you tell the audience how you're pushing it? Unable to, to get anything off of the laundry line, 
uh, I'm actually going to uh, slide into an open bedroom window to take something directly from a pile or a hamper. Ooh, I like that. Abscond with some uh, ladies' uh, undergarments, perhaps? That is a 52 out of 91. Very good. Uh, so you creep your way into uh, some person's bedroom, and you relieve them of a garment. You're not really certain if it's clean or not, but you relieve them of a a, a long piece of white fabric. Okay. I will do my best to conceal my identity and uh, cover all of the mess that's been made upon my person before. So the, the doctor's house, is it just like a one story? It is a one story. Okay. It's also packed uh, in with uh, a couple of other houses as well. I see. A lot of dense metro. It's like the middle of the night, right? It's the middle of the night. Okay. And the streets are empty? I don't know about empty, but... Well, here in this in this neighborhood, this I'm guessing the doctor lives in like a reasonably okay area. He lives in a fairly decent place. Okay. And then I will try to remain relatively inconspicuous as I uh, approach the front door and I will give him a knock. You? I think you're pretty inconspicuous when you walk up to the door. You give it a slight knock. And I will keep an eye out. Now, there's definitely some sort of some sort of light on. Maybe one or two at the uh, the residence. You can see through uh, some of the uh, windows here that there's some sort of light. So someone must be up. But there's no movement. Am I hearing any movement? You're not hearing any movement. You smell tea. I'll move around the side of the house and try to get to one of the windows. Okay. Perhaps where the uh, the light is. If it's a one story, I'll just stay low. I guess. Now try to get a peek inside. You look inside. You see a what looks like a an office area. There's a light at the far space. The chair is empty. There's a a book open. Light on nearby. I still hear nothing. Yeah, you don't hear anything. Is there another entrance that I can see? Is there like a back door to the house, or you'd have to check? You don't know. You haven't been around back. Okay, then I will continue moving around the house. Uh, to see if I can get another angle of either that room or where the tea's coming from. Okay. You move around the house. Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? It's a hard success, 23 under 68. The back door is shut, but um, after careful visual examination, it doesn't appear to be locked. I'll inspect it. Does it look like it was left open or does it look like it was opened? It looks like it was left open. Okay. Then I will uh, crack the door. Just looking inside, uh, you can tell that the, there's a, a light deeper in on the house, this second light. It must be in a, a living room. Perhaps it's a some sort of lamp, or maybe there's a small... There aren't too many fireplaces in Egypt for these specific reasons. Not that it doesn't ever get cold, because it does. Just not as often. Um, but yeah, there's a light kind of sitting there probably 20, 30 so feet must be a living room you see a couple of uh, what look like couches and uh, a uh, a center table a glass on the table is there anything in it? you'd have to get a little closer it looks like a like a brandy snifter and I, I don't hear any movement do I smell anything besides the tea? no right and I will take a deep breath and I will continue to move through the house, looking for signs of life, I suppose. You move deeper into the house. The home feels a little colder than you expected it. Kind of bristle a bit, pull the, uh, I guess the shawl closer. You get through the kitchen and down the small hallway that leads to this living room area. And it's at that point you realize that there are no other noises in the house but you. The absence of sound is greatly unnerving. Do I feel like I've fully explored it? No, no. Okay. No, you haven't even seen the office. You know that's got to be through the living room, uh, perhaps to the left. You have to, you're almost to the living room. I will, uh, suppose, put my back to a wall, feeling a little exposed. You smell something on the air, finally. It smells like copper. I'll move my hand to my hip 
slink toward the door. Which door? The door you came in? Or the door in the office? Or Oh, I thought you said there was a, a doorway in the uh, toward the office through the living room. Yeah, there is. You're you're believing you believe that it is through the living room. That's the way you're going. So as okay. you're getting ready to enter the living room is when you start smelling this. Okay. Do I see anything? You haven't yet. Continuing to the living room? Yeah. When you step into the living room, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You see in the small hallway between the living room and the office, you see Dr. Kafour standing on his tiptoes. And underneath his neck is a long blade, which is being carried by someone behind him. They are in dark fabric, and they're wearing a very strange headdress with some sort of emblem in the middle of their forehead. And you can see the panic has washed itself over Dr. Kafour as his eyes meet yours. Just to be kind of clear, does it look like the doctor's being held, or does it look like he's about to die? It looks like the doctor is being held up, and he's trying to keep the blade at his throat from continuing to make its way into his skin. The copper, uh, you can smell now much more readily, is coming from the very slightest of wound in the bottom of his neck. How far is he from me? He's probably only 10 to 15 feet. The trouble is, well, time, physics, all sorts of problems. Getting to his attacker isn't impossible, but Dr. Four likely does not make it through that exchange. Then I will take the uh, mutually assured destruction route and I will move my hand from the uh, machete to my shotgun scabbard and I will pull it and step into the doorway. You see the gentleman, or the, the man behind Dr. Kafour, he very quickly adjusts to create a perfect shield for himself. Oh, I'm sure. Give me a spot in That is an extreme success, 768. To your immediate right, which is where the living room is, and then the front door just beyond it, there is a section of the... A space here which is of course not illuminated right mm-hmm. out of that shadow coalesces a form the form of a man you literally watch him be birthed out of this shadow there's a sickening almost flesh sound that comes with it like when you rub your fingers into your the palms of your hand. You can hear the exchange. So I'd like you to roll sanity for me. Okay. That is a failure. Okay, you can't push sanity rolls. No. But I will take two points of sanity from you, sir. <sighs> As the shadows pull back across his frame and allow him finally and inexorably into this space which, again, is probably about 15 or so feet from you. Not a very big room. This man, as he looks across from you, his tan skin, his well-polished hair, his broad smile, is anything but inviting. I will step, I suppose, mm-hmm. to keep them both in view. Oh, yeah. And I'm... I'm sure the other dude's going to reposition too. So he does. I just kind of keep them both in, in sight. And I will uh, take that breath that, I've been not ta- that I haven't taken yet. It feels like your whole body rattles when you take it. You can feel the sweat on your palms as you grip the handle of the shotgun. Your pulse is pretty heavy too, especially given as how, how wounded you are. It's been quite the night for you. You're this man's voice filled the space. You've done quite well. Seems it's not over yet. (laughs) No. It isn't. What's this about then? Well, it is about you and the doctor here. He smiles at him. It seems that uh, Dr. Kafur has uh, broken our agreement. He assisted some friends of yours and it also seems 
that you have acquired something that I had a very, very difficult time trying to get a hold of. So I'm going to make this very simple for you. Whether you believe your life is worth anything or not is immaterial to me. You have an item which I want, and I am happy to allow you to leave the home and still draw breath if you will simply place it here on the table and turn around and walk away. You must be Omar. Again, immaterial. To me, perhaps. There are those who have a score to settle with you. I don't have what you're looking for. You would come to this this point in your life and lie. I am many things. I am no liar. So you do not have it. Would you like to look under my skirt? (laughs) I would like to be a gentleman about this, if at all possible. Why do you want it? Immaterial. Make your case. I don't need to justify myself to you. You'll never find it. Won't I? I will find it. I can smell it. Every one of these items has a particular scent on the air. If you know what you're looking for. Killing the doctor won't make it come to you any faster. I do not care about Dr. Kafour. Then let him go. Well, why? Why not if he's immaterial? Oh, but he matters to you. <laughs> you really need to do your research. I have done my research. Would you like to see it? I want you to make your case. Again, I have said no once. I will not do it again. Make a power roll for me, Sam. That is a hard success, 14 under 50. Um, you feel your body contort. And you feel the inexorable pull of gravity that you cannot control. You feel your knees buckle. And you land really hard on them. If you'd like to make a firearm so we can. To shoot Omar? I wouldn't mind shooting Omar. That, might, that, sounds, like, that sounds like fun. I'm just saying it more of as a, an offering to you before the rest of it continues. I'm assuming you're going to want to follow through on threats. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll fire. Okay. He's about 15 feet, so we're not, not point blank, but... How much of a disadvantage would I be to shoot the guy holding Kafur? Uh, you'd be at disadvantage unless you have a pulp talent that allows you to fire into melees. I don't. Yeah, I'll shoot him. That is an extreme success, 374. That's extreme success, so it's an impale. So it does maximum damage plus rolled damage. So 46 plus 2. Yep. So it does 26 base, and then you roll 46 plus 2. 42. Uh, The gun goes off, and you see the fire belch out of it, and you watch the, the concussive force come out of it. And you watch Omar absorb the hit. The pellets impact his body. They rip through his suit. He doesn't move an inch. I don't bother with them. And the next thing that happens is you get flattened on your chest as, again, the continued weight of gravity is exerted on you. If you kill me, you'll never find it. I don't think so. You're going to tell me where you put it. Why would I do something like that? Pain can be quite the motivator. You feel fingers grab the back of your skull. I'll get back to you in a minute. So... Back at the safe house, Jack, there is a distinct feeling that something is missing here. I know a couple of things are missing. Really? What's missing? Well, Sam and the girdle are missing. Where would they have gone to? Well, uh, I can only assume, I'm hoping that he took it to Dr. Kafour. The last time you saw Sam, he was leaving with it. Uh, he did mention, I believe, if memory serves correctly, he did mention he was taking it to Dr. Kufour. True story. I must have been busy with uh, everybody else. Well, you had an awful lot of, you know, yeah. mosque-going men to coordinate with. You had an enormous beast from uh, what is likely the outer plains come. and, and, and there, there is a lot going on. I could be forgiven for uh, missing that. Um, so I'm hoping that he's at with Dr. Kufour. Which does me no good. Yes. Because I don't know where Dr. Kafour even lives. That's true. And I don't want to leave here anyhow with everybody wounded and sleeping. Around about, we'll say, just after midnight. It's got to be after midnight. The front door opens. Sam? No. A very bleary-eyed Lillian Lane walks in. Lillian? She is wrapped 
around her head with an enormous bandage. Oh, well, I rushed to her, I guess. Are you are you okay? No, I have a splitting headache. Am I still bleeding from behind? Like, the back of my head. It's, I mean, you're not well, actively is, is bleeding. Her, uh, okay, her bandage isn't... Uh, isn't soaking through or anything? It is not soaking okay, through right now. Good. Can it touch my head a little bit? I I fell and hit my head. Where were you? On an adventure. I went and, I went and, um, I found Warren Bessert and had a long conversation with him about the Carlisle expedition. Come on, let's, uh, let's get you something uh, hot. Yeah, you, you two definitely, you, you can definitely see that she's struggling to move. Mm-hmm. She also smells a little funny. You, there's something acrid that, that covers her, like a scent. Do I smell it too? Oh yeah, you smell it. You know what it smells like. Mm. Yeah, he, um, Warren, uh, Mr. Bessert, was partaking in some hashish. Oh. And I feel I was affected by it because we were in an enclosed area mm. and he was smoking quite a bit. Do I still feel any of the effects from it, Mike? Yeah, your head is a little bit um, buzzy, I guess is the best way to put it. I I make her some tea. Okay, you make her some tea. We had a really long long conversation, and I'm just kind of struggling to get some of the details, but we have some places we need to go. I mean, like... Yeah, we have several places we need to go. We have some places, like cart... There was something wrong with Car- Carlisle and, and others when they left Egypt. Like, th- there was just, just so many things. Just take it easy and uh, we can talk about it later. Here, here's some tea. I, I put some whiskey in it. Oh, and I heard somebody's voice. I, so, somebody's? A man. When I fell, I, and I, I, I can't remember seeing him. But it was a very deep voice, and he knew my name. I didn't even tell Warren my name. I didn't introduce myself. I knew better. He didn't ask my name either. He was kind of crazy. Uh, give me a second here. I, I light a match, mm-hmm. and I hold it. Uh, I hold it up in front of her eyes. What are you looking for, Jack? Uh, I'm looking for dilation. Oh yeah, yeah. Looks it's like you right. you have a, a concussion. I'm. I've got something. I. But I really want to go. I was sleeping. I'm not sleeping anymore. I walked back all by myself. Yeah. In the dark. It was so dark. Probably probably not something she should do with a concussion. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to uh, listen. I'm glad you're safe. Come back. Uh, how the many guy t- knew my name. How many times? He had a very nice we, voice. How many times have we talked about not going off alone? Oh. And yesterday, almost everybody wandered off by themselves. And Sam is missing right now. Uh, Sam will be fine. He killed a cow. He killed a cow. Yeah. Uh, listen, we... That some other cow. things have happened this evening. Yeah? Yeah. So we... We went to the the mosque. Yes. Right. The mosque. Uh, they were guarding an artifact that, that uh, the Brotherhood needs... We believe to uh, resurrect Nitocris. Who? Nitocris. Nitocris. Yeah, I. The uh, female mummy. Oh. Okay. So, what kind of artifact? Uh, it was a burial. It was like a ceremonial girdle of some type. Oh, Anyhow, wow. um, so they've been attacked by the Brotherhood several times. We we volunteered to help defend it. And we were attacked by another one of those creatures from Mansion, the Carlisle Mansion. Oh, the winged, the winged creature. Yeah. Oh, yes. the doctor was severely hurt. Oh. Sam was severely hurt. Oh and no, the doctor. <laughs> she's, she's got a look of concern on her face, like, yeah. So where, where, where's the doctor? Doctor's upstairs. Where's or m- is he on the couch? The doctor is on the couch. He never made it back upstairs because the doctor was treated on the couch. So he's not too far, actually. Is, he, is everybody going to be okay? I mean, Sam has apparently disappeared. So well, he. He's... I'm hoping he took the girdle to Doctor Gafour. 
quite as Dr. Kafour need the girdle. Well, he might be able to help uh, figure out a way to destroy it or oh. protect it better or something. Everybody, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That's, that's, I mean, it's good. I was almost eaten, but Whoa. other than that, I'm fine. Well, I'm I'm glad you weren't you weren't eaten. But ah, uh, so what's the what's the plan? Is the I mean, other than destroy this girdle that we like, we really need to go to the pyramid that the Carlisle expedition went to. Oh, I agree. Like inside it, that is where they got changed. Okay. Well, yeah. With the black barrel. Yeah, sure. We can do that. Okay. Because, yeah, like, yeah, Warbesser was crazy. He was, I, I feel really bad. I felt really, really bad. I gave him money to try to, so he could return home to France. Hopefully he uses it for that and not opium. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm, my head really hurts. Yeah, I'm, um, can I look at his, her, uh, bandage? Yeah, Absolutely. As you um, look at her bandage, you probably want to roll first aid. Uh, Dr. Laudanum or not, uh, you, the, the talking in the room wakes you up. As soon as the, the talking wakes you up, you get a really strange sensory input. You smell hash, like burned hash, like instantly. Ooh, it's going through my things. Nobody's going through your things, Doctor. I, I go back to bed. I, Sixty-two over thirty-one. I fail. Yeah, she looks fine. <laughs> the other Such is the other doctor face. still here? No, no, he's gone. Okay. He's a, that streak doc is gone. He got paid his money. He's he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I smacked Jack's hand away from my bandage. Don't touch my bandage. I'll be fine. I'll be. I'll. I just need to go lay down. That's probably a that's, bad idea. That's, Maybe I'll go sit next to the doctor on the couch. Yes, come, yes. come here, Elliot, and sit here next to me. Maybe the doctor can look at you. No, no, you said he was hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. He, he's he is hurt. hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I sit in a chair next to the couch. I'm sure you can see it from a... Yeah, <laughs> what happened? What, what does it look like? What is it like? He's bandaged from, like, stomach and legs and shoulder, I believe, if memory serves correctly. He, he looks like he got attacked by a wild animal. Okay. Doctor. You should see the other guy. Oh. I can only imagine. Can I yell over? Jack, did you see the doctor? Yeah, yes, I saw the doctor. Otto, you wake up to someone <laughs> shouting. Literally like Quiet. three feet away. <laughs> Everybody else is sleeping. Quiet. I, I scrubbed the sleep out of my eyes. What time is it? Oh, it's probably two in the morning. It feels like it. This is incredibly early. What are they yelling about? Oh, my God. American things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we talk, okay? I mean, there's, there's a reason why Lillian never partaked in the uh, the smoking of things back at the parties in, in America. Jack, I, I need you to help me to my room if you can. The... Yeah. What was given to me before is beginning to wear off, and I'm starting to feel more and more of me. What, why don't we bring you your medicine so you don't have to get up? Should you be moving? Yeah, why don't you stay there? We'll get you whatever you need. What do you need? My bag. Okay. Make sure your bag's probably down here, because you probably brought it with. We Dr. Lillian smells like ash. Doc leans over a little. Smelling me. That is not the question. The question is, why do you smell? I was... I was in a very enclosed room with a man that really likes to smoke ash. And how do you feel? I'm sure in a couple hours I'm going to feel really... My head's going to hurt really bad. But right now, More than it does now. Uh, no, my head hurts bad. Now I, I hit my head. Hmm. I don't handle my ash well. It's unfortunate. Doc pulls a small amount of hash out of his bag. <laughs> looks at it, puts it back in the bag with a chuckle, and then pulls out probably uh, psilocybic acid. You know, something to dull the pain. While they're catching up, I'm going to continue writing uh, as much as I can remember about fighting that creature into my journal. 
the biggest thing that stood out to you was it it never really felt like small arms fire did anything to it the things that seemed to it cared about was the the blade that the the the, the sword that eventually went to Otto and the uh, the machete that the machete that Samwell wielded and then in some ways concentrated automatic gunfire did seem to have some sort of just just massive damage yes um maybe a grenade would work dynamite right dangerous mm-hmm. stuff elephant gun you could tell that the thing had some sort of resistance to just regular old average weaponry and then i'll then i'll just like jot down like the uh what it can do stuff like that just you know as much as i can get down so sure. that absolutely Doctor, you get up to your bedroom, and likely with the help of Jack, and Lillian, you get to bed, and after all of that, the only two people left awake in the house are Otto and Jack, because yeah, all of the up and down the stairs is just too much for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of dressed and... Because it's two in the morning. We shouldn't be doing anything. But I, I stumble out to see what's going on and see what looks like a hospital coming up the stairs at me. It, it looks like a hospital, but it doesn't smell like one. No. <laughs> like when Lillian passes you, she smells like a hash bar. Yeah. She has a head wound. Hmm. Strange. Somebody be checking on me while I'm sleeping to make sure I am like still breathing. I don't. Do you get any sleep? Yes. Just a, probably a few stray hours. from A little bit from exhaustion, obviously. <sighs> Could you wash the uh, the house? Sam's not back yet. Where did he go? He took the girdle and he left. By himself? By himself. I'm guessing because he disappeared somewhere in the midst of all of the uh, chaos. I internally curse. Internally. <laughs> At a very loud, extended volume. Do you know where Dr. Kafour lives? Yes. Yes, I've been there. I don't want to bring you with, but somebody needs to stay and watch this place. If Shakti knows we have the girdle. He'll come here, I know. Why would he come here? Because he'll think that we have it here. If he thinks we have it here, do you think I'll be able to stop him? That's fair. But... You know, at least there is somebody here who can def- help defend because nobody else is in any position to do so, except for Maeve. Where is Miss O'Shea? Uh, she's up in bed. You know what? Let's. Why don't you come with me? It shouldn't take too long. Hopefully, we'll even go out the back door. But that's up to you. I honestly don't know what to do here because. He's right in that we have wounded people here who need somebody to watch over them. Right, there's not a good answer. Can I hear this exchange in the hallway? You probably haven't passed out totally yet. Okay. Jack, Hmm. if you help me back downstairs, prop me up in a chair, I can at least keep an eye on the door and give the others enough time to move. I hate that idea. I'm not particularly fond of it myself, but, you know, needs must when the devil drives. Okay, I'll do that, but you've got you've got to keep a shotgun with you. Of course, I was not going to keep my cane with me. It's the easiest uh, thing to use. Okay. We'll do that. All right, so I'm going to... You guys are going to be taking off and going towards Dr. Kefir's house. Mm-hmm. While that's happening... I'm going to have some fun with Sam. You are face first, Sam, on the floor of Dr. Gavour's house. And this this hand is on the back of your head. It's in the moment very troubling because you can't seem to lift your head up. But you feel your skull get turned towards Dr. Gavour. You see him still on his his tippy toes, still trying to dance away from the, the blade of this knife that this assailant is wheeling against him and try as he might whomever this man is who has pinned you to the ground Dr. Crawford doesn't matter to you and it's laughable that someone would try to make you feel for another human being because human beings are insignificant and you know that it's a shame really it is 
It's a waste. The voice over you says, I admit, even in your weakened state, oh, is that blood? Mm-hmm. You are bleeding. How unfortunate. You can you can feel your body get pressed a little further, almost like he's squeezing a like a wineskin. I find it very interesting that you would resist this much, that you would go through this much pain for, for truly just a, a bauble. Yes. Is it simply because I want it? If I say yes, will you let me up? Uh, no, I would not be letting you up. But I am going to be helping you with something. Tell me, how familiar are you with the Black Pharaoh? Nivren Ka, who dwells in the shadow before the light comes. Pharaoh of shadows. Right? You get the words. You get you get most of the way through Nefren Ka, and your captor pats the back of your head. Good. Good. You know of him then. Tell me, do you fear the Black Pharaoh? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Roll Sam. That is a success, 59 under 61. Phew. Very good. Phew. You want to pass that for sure. I will take one point of sanity on a success. Stop. <laughs> Stop poking me. Now, now. Do you hear him on the wind? He is there. See him in the shadows there on the wall? He watches you. He tells me he saw your friend. The detective from America? Mr. Doyle? He saw him from the shadows. He watched him. Does he talk as much as you two? Oh, <laughs> indeed. He has much to prophesize. He steps away from you. The pressure on you continues. What I am going to do is leave you something. He reaches down into Dr. Kafour's stomach. You see his flesh, his, the fingers on this man's hand rupture their way through Dr. Kafour's stomach. Just as easy as if it was, it was air, there was no resistance. And Dr. Kafour lets out a vicious and unwelcomed cry, which trembles along inside your ears. And slowly but surely, he begins to pull out Dr. Kafour's lower intestine. And he just allows it to begin unraveling there in his living room. I will uh, shamelessly look on in uh, morbid fascination. Indeed you will. He takes this intestine as it flows out. As the light begins to leave Dr. Kafour's eyes, he takes it and begins winding it together, almost as if he's making something. And this intestine begins to burble and groan on its own as eyes and teeth sprout along its edges. You see this mystical energy leap from the man's hands and intertwine around the intestines as it builds up into a a creature of the, the most vile shape and form. Alien to the human form and alien to anything that you've known. It has multiple orifices, each sprouting eyes and teeth, and it seems to breathe in and out with some sort of rather forced induction. It shivers every time it breathes, and you can hear the teeth along these orify tap. In the center of it, as it breathes, you can see a wide and swelling tongue. It rolls out from its mouth, which you only assume is its mouth. The tongue is far too wide for the body, and on it there are rivulets and markings, which you're fairly certain are skin marks used to belong to Dr. Kafour. He's but a husk now. His organs seem to have been transferred into this creature. The insides of him spill out all over the floor, and Given the amount of blood inside the human body, your face and mouth is now being 
coated by what was left over from Dr. Kafour. Man turns to you and says, I'm going to leave this as an offering. The next one I make will be of someone you do care about. He moves over closer to you, lapping at the blood as it licks your face. You're going to roll sanity for me. That is a success, 42 over 60. Very good. I'm going to take two points of sanity from this regard. Stop! But you learn a very critical thing. The being in front of you is an apparition. You shake it off. You shake the blood off of your face. It evaporates into the ether. The creature evaporates as well. Dr. Four is still standing, blade to his throat, in seemingly reasonable health. Wait, so... Is, is Omar still there? Omar's gone? He... Um, had, first of all, for clarity's sake, he's not announced himself as Omar. Well, no, I called him Omar. Correct. So the man you call Omar is still there. He seems to be gauging your reaction. To the, the beast thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still pinned, right? You are still pinned. I can take you to it. But I need to know that you can let the doctor go. Oh. A barter. I like this. He raises his hand and you feel yourself come off the floor. Uh, uh. <laughs> and like into the air. Come now. As I close my fist, you will lose your breath. You see his fingers begin to move inward. Where is it? You picked the wrong one to torture. He closes them halfway. You can feel like your right lungs start to collapse. I'll sputter a whole lot. You cough. You're able to breathe still. Last chance. The man turns and nods at his associate. And the associate drops the blade at his Kafur's throat. And the doctor, you know, collapses forward onto his living room floor, coughing and racking. The man turns back to you. Deal. Give it to me. Can I move? You're not sure? You don't have control of your shotgun any longer. Sure. Not, I'm sure I dropped it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to my feet. You see him can lower you down to the ground. I look at the doctor. I say, go. Yeah. Dr. Kafour wastes no time in running out his front door. Oh, God, I hate you. I will make a show of it for sure. Sure. I'm making the process as believably agonizing as possible. Can I roll acting? Certainly. You're a very good actor. That's a 60 under 74. You acted up. I suppose, tell me what you're doing. So I'm going to make a show of coughing up plenty of sputum because I got a bunch of that laying around. I will uh, I will probably do my best to fail pretty hard in the, during the long stretch of the house. Sure. And once I get to the living room, I will probably put my hand up for a second and say something to the effect of, you know, this would be a lot easier if I could rest a bit. It's been a long night. You get picked up off your feet. Oh. No rest. I want it now. I start walking. He walks with you close enough to watch your movements, but not close enough to be directly within striking distance. Sure. After you get towards the kitchen, he seems a lot more sure of his steps. He walks out the back door with you, and he gives you a heartbeat of a weight. Well? I keep walking. Okay. I begin leading him toward the dump. Your bag is in this back area, yes? Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of stashed where I started, like, lurking and skulking. Sure. You begin leading him out towards the dump, and he stops with you. He f- turns you around in midair. <sighs> you are a liar. No, I'm not. <sighs> it is closer, isn't it? I mean, we have to go to it right now. Yes, now. You feel your chest compress. <laughs> I will let out a uh, woeful, agonizing scream outside. You see one thing, Jack, and you hear another. You see Dr. Gafour running down the street in a blind panic. He is uncontrollably upset. And then you hear on the air from somewhere in the city beyond... An agonizing scream. I start running. I pull my gun and I start running. 
Dr. Four meets the two of you midstream. And you can tell that he's he's bleeding from the neck. Sam? At the, at the house, at the house. Get somewhere safe. Keep going. Are you continuing along with uh, him, model? Yes, I'm continuing with him. Okay. Uh, so the two of you come upon Dr. Kufour's house. And it doesn't take terribly long to hear that there's something going on in the backyard. Um, so for your part, Sam, you can feel that this man is doing something with you. And it isn't until the third or fourth step and change in direction you understand what he's doing. It's forcing me to go to it. He's using you like a dowsing rod. Yeah. And he walks towards your back with you. Um, so Jack and Otto, you be- you happen upon a scene which which begs your brain. It, it, it makes you question reality. There's a man. He is dressed in a reasonably fitted white shirt with a black suit coat over it. He is with these... He's got some sort of jewelry on. And he is holding another person, Sam, you believe, in the air, like off the ground, without touching him. And you see him moving through this space towards a section on the grounds here. Does Sam have the uh, girdle? Does it look like? And, well, you can't. It's, first of all, it's dark out. Well, I know, but he, I know the the chest that was in. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's not. He doesn't. He's not holding it. Okay. So it's dark. I can't see the man. You can't see him in well definition. There are some lights here, lights along the house, right? Lights in some of the nearby streets. So I would say that there is dim or diffused light. It's about like, like a backyard. Yeah. Do they, either of them have seen us? You're. You don't believe so. They both look fairly concentrated on something. Okay, I'm going to take a heartbeat to aim. Okay. Uh, you get over your bag, Sam, and then you get cast aside like a sack of potatoes. That's when I'll shoot. Do I have any control over my body? Not until you reach the ground. Like, you get flung. I was going to try to grab the duffel. Mm, you're going to be too far away from it okay, to grab. Fine. The best you could probably do is make some sort of acrobatics or, or athletics or some sort of, if you want to control your fall, that's that's more what I'm concerned about. That's fine. Sure. Dex or... I'm, I'm going to say that you can make a dex roll. Dex is fair. Okay. That is a 49 over 75. Yeah. You, you land without injuring yourself. That is about as best as you could do in this situation. He flings you way, way out of arc. To get anywhere near your bag. Sure. And when you see, Jack, when you see Sam get flung, you realize there's an immediate opening. Yeah. Three shots. Okay. That's 66 under 84. Seven under 84. Mm, that's an impale. Yeah. And 20 under it. That is also an uh, impale, actually. 20, that's an extreme. Yeah. 20 under 84. Mm-hmm. It's a quarter. Okay. Uh, extremes are fists. Fists. But you have a couple of good shots. So roll regular damage, and then we'll figure out your impale damage, and then you can roll regular damage again. 12 on the first one. Okay, roll damage. I'll do the uh, third one, and then we'll worry about the impale. Sure. Well, that's only three for the third one. And the impale again. So that would be 19 on the second one. Okay. Otto, you hear the Jack's gun go off again. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a little way, a little too uh, familiar with the the way of the, the that that sounds. It resounds through the streets of Cairo. Each shot lands square where it's supposed to, shoulder, center mass, etc. And you watch this man get get shot, and he walks through them. Now the both of you are going to roll me Sandy. Hey, I made that. That's good. 53 over 50. Mm. So while this isn't terribly much, uh, you do two, two points of sanity damage. Otto, that, that's simply impossible. Jack, he turns to, to face you and he says something. You're not sure what. It's on the wind. It doesn't reach you. At least the audio doesn't. 
It's a word, it's a name, it's a phrase, it's something. And then something collides with you. Some invisible force collides with you. All right. And so I would like you to roll con. Thirty-six hundred fifty-five. Very good. Very, very good. You take ten points of damage. Ouch. Okay. You are lifted off your feet and flung half as many yards. So you're flung five yards as you get collided into with an Im- just an invisible force. It feels like getting hit by a brick wall. Otto, any interest? I see Sam fly one way. You do. And this guy's looking at Jack. He is at the moment, yes. I will make a beeline towards Sam. Okay. You make a beeline towards Sam. Uh, Sam, this man reaches down into your bag and retrieves what he's looking for. That's a shame. I'm not getting up. He turns and walks down the street. You get to Sam model. I will lay there breathing. Did I see him take the girdle? So yeah, you see him take out a very shiny string of metal and gemstones. I start laughing. They want it a lot worse than I do at this point, so. You begin laughing. And what are you going to do with that? Man doesn't reply to you. (laughs) Because the body is gone. He keeps walking. You do see him... Pause for a moment, just a moment, before he continues to walk. There are a thousand wells in Cairo. You'll never find it. Jack, you get to your feet after being flung. I go to Sam. Yeah, you rush over. Um, He looks. Give me the machete. Bloody and beaten. Give me the machete now. What? The machete. I will sit up. Listen, you dumb son of a bitch. This is your fault. Give me the goddamn machete. You even know what happened here? Give me the machete. You just pull your you just pull your gun on me? Yes, I did. I take it off. You would kill me for this. I would kill you for the girdle. He would have killed me and Kafur. Oh my god! You get the you get the machete in hand. I, I take off running. I take off after him. You run into the Cairo streets. The person you're after is clearly in the wind. And that is where I'm going to call this episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Mask of We will be back next week with another installment of The Craziness in Cairo. Mm-hmm.